John Podcast Network. I think you still have my bill. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, where'd that go? Last time I didn't remember. I thought. Oh. <laughs> well, this is no good. You want me to... <laughs> now you have control of my bell. I know, no bell for you. <laughs> Terrible. Do you want to roll my keyboard over? I can make a bell. No. <laughs> All right, I'll put it on the, the bell setting. I'll bring up a bell sound on my phone. That's what I used to do pre-bell. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. The pre-bell ages, the dark ages. They were dark, indeed. Yeah. Okay. That might work. Oh, I feel like that's a little too pleasant. <laughs> the bell is really like aggressive. Uh, uh, yeah. A bell. It sounds it's like a, a paper boy. That's more of a ding. <laughs> there you go. See, that's got a. I'm just gonna have to tell her when to ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just yell ding. <laughs> ding. You used to do that too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So, how's it going? Fine. Yeah. Yeah, gotta work today. Yeah. Yeah, they lifted <laughs> the mask mandate, which means everybody wants to fight about masks. Uh, right. I'm sure oh, that's no. fun. Yeah. yeah, it's been great so far. And Stu, of course, took down our sign saying we require masks and we have a 12-person, uh, you know, maximum occupancy um, before talking to anyone in the staff about how they felt about it that's why i'm just like oh i'll talk to him i'll i'll take the heat because like what's he gonna do fire me i'm out of here in two weeks right whatever he's a butthead mm-hmm. somebody should dirty work him <laughs> somebody mm. should we'll call that a segue in the biz <laughs> it's good. That, that is pretty good nice one <laughs> can you tell i've been doing this for four years <laughs> Oh, I boy. wish I wish there were a revenge for hire business. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like such a good idea. Uh, yeah, we realized while watching this movie, this is like the ur text for most of Allison's personality. We didn't realize this. You realized this. I realized it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it That's has. A it has so many things that she really like deep down to the bone enjoys, yeah. um, like. Like, you know, just like silly, dumb, you know, potty humor, ACDC music. Um, you overhype that. Mm, I don't, though. It is true. <laughs> it is your favorite band. You have a full ass tattoo of their logo, mm-hmm. as we all know and have seen. But also, I was watching, I was going, oh, yeah, no, this is this is why, this is part of the reason she's attracted to me. Is I'm like 50-50 Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. Oh, boy. Well, they are brothers. So. They are brothers. Uh-huh. They are, they are yeah. stepbrothers. What a weird <laughs> wrinkle to throw into this movie. I think it's just so yeah. that they can have the fucked your sister joke. Yeah. I think they were just like, I'm, what, I'm what sure else can we do? It. There are definitely yeah. a lot of things that they set up for no reason. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just like, okay, like, cool. Like the guy with his, uh, uh, my favorite was the beginning uh, when he gets tossed out of his apartment and he, he stops the guy on the street wearing his shirt. Yeah. Like, what's, we don't need that joke, but like, it's funny anyway. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, that's the whole movie. It's great. Yeah, well, the other thing I wonder, because they like definitely nerfed the humor a lot because it was written as an R-rated film, but they're released as PG thirteen, right? And so yeah. they did a lot of like editing stuff down, so there yeah. might have been more like connective tissue with some of these gags that got lost in like. Well, I also know. like the idea that like oh the the two brothers thing that makes more sense in the R rated cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> The hairy guy wearing my shirt is uh, all that we had to cut a lot of for the R for the PG thirteen. Here's the thing, though, you don't know. No, I don't know, and they're all weirdos. Everybody that made this movie are weirdos. Mm -hmm. They have weird, very specific senses of humor, and so like that could all be true. (laughs) It could have made a lot more sense in the R rated cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has got Bob Saget's flavor all over it. Yes, it does. does. Yeah, it definitely (laughs) does. does. Yeah. And this is actually, I've, I've watched this movie dozens and dozens of times. This is the first time I've realized that it was Bob Saget directing this yeah. film. Yeah. Um, and it makes much more sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely <laughs> has, like, a very specific, even, like, the editing style, like, the way the joke, like, the joke shots, like, whatever the punchline shot of, you know, a scene is, the way those are framed and stuff is very Bob Saget. Like, he had that, he has a very specific sort of, like, and like two seconds before the punchline happens, and then it goes like, like the kid, like repeatedly getting thrown in the dumpster, or repeatedly yeah. getting thrown out of a building or through a window or whatever. There's always like the two seconds of just like, okay, we're looking at a dumpster, and then like a body flies in from off screen. Yeah, he gets jazzy jeffed about a dozen times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's whatever. Whoever the stunt man was for Norm Macdonald. Yeah. That poor guy. I think it might have been Norm Macdonald. Because when he hits that dumpster the one time, you see his face. <laughs> I didn't know he did his own stunts. Oh, well, he might. Him getting thrown out of the, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Cole. Getting thrown out of Cole's, yeah. like, oh, like. Yeah, yeah, he gets tossed, like, belly flopped out of the building. Yeah, he, like, lands, like, on his breastbone on the top step. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. It looks so painful. And, I mean, are you talking about the first time or the second first time? Because like the, also like it starts with them pushing Artie Lang out. Yeah, they just shove. And he just Artie does Lang. like a little yeah. like shuffle. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, and that makes it funnier because it's a little different than the other times they've done it. <laughs> yeah. But like they both get like it's not like uh, 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 Mitch in this case is the only one getting screwed. Like he's the one who tells. The, the landlord that, you know, uh, uh, Sam gets punched in the stomach when, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. So it's not just, like, you know, Mitch that gets all the, like, the slapstick humor. Yeah. You know, he's not the, the, the punching bag, you know. It's it's both of them. So it's it's I, I always thought that yeah. was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's not just, like, oh, there's, like, one, you know, loser, one winner, like, black and white. <laughs> right, thing. exactly. No, yeah. They're both equally, like, beat up on. like <laughs> Yeah, and well, they're, you know, in the beginning of the movie, they're kind of, portrayed as like oh you know uh, they're sort of like picked on and like yeah. l- life is like you know beating them down but also then you see like Artie Lang is just pissing off a building on a guy for no reason who did nothing to them <laughs> it's just like wait are you peeing off the building like so it's like oh and they're kind of jerks yeah. <laughs> right. well I mean that's the formula you need to get to this point is they need to be you know 
trodden upon, but also kind of clever, but also not enough scruples to choose a different path. Right, right, right. They didn't they didn't turn this business into, you know, this uh, uh, their particular affinity into some other business that's like they didn't they didn't turn, for instance, to like, uh, uh, you know, environmental protest like they kind of do briefly, you know, yeah. in this to save the save the land and all that. Like yeah. they, they don't do that. It's, they it's will not... just fuck your friends over and your yeah. landlord and whatever. Yeah. It's not turned okay. inward. So they didn't create jackass. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's still external. It's still, you know. No, fuck you. Yeah, if this was if it was like ten years ago, I would be like, oh, they should remake Dirty Work with the Jackass guys. Uh, maybe they could still do maybe. it and probably would if I pitched it to them. But yeah. I don't want to see this them get injured. Well, They're very old men now, and I want them to just be well, happy and not get injured anymore. Also, also, you need to not invite Bam because he doesn't get that humor. Listen, I don't think anyone's <laughs> inviting Bam to anything anymore. He's not in the light. He's not yeah. in the new movie. I think. <laughs> He's dealing with his own shit, and that's good for him, and I am fine with it. <laughs> Always my least favorite uh, ass, I guess. Fair. Um, yeah, that's accurate. This movie couldn't be made today. There's no way this movie could be made Not today. exactly like well, this, no. This, I mean, there's no. some stuff in here that really does not fly. It, some? It ticks every box, Hunter. Yeah. Every box. Yep. It's like, oh, okay, let's joke about all of the things. Yes. Um, yes, it was We'll joke about incest and bestiality and people who don't speak English yep. and little people and um, oh, who else? Women and... Yeah. <laughs> prostitutes. Right, and prostitutes. Right. And there's, right. An, uh, there's a uh, freak show in it. Yeah. The fact that prostitutes is like a theme throughout is... is uh, <laughs> right. You know, is, Rape is, telling. is made fun of like yes. very lightly yeah. in it. Um. Oh, yeah. There's a lot it, of stuff in here that, like, yeah, would, again, would not fly. It literally ticks every single box of, like, ooh. To be fair, though, the prostitutes are portrayed in a very positive light. The language is just not uh, what we would consider acceptable now. Yes. That's true, yeah. Did you watch it? Did you happen to watch it with the captions on? No. Oh, did you catch something I that think I... so. <laughs> so, we, we rented it from Amazon, and we watched it with the captions on, and anytime they say whore or hooker, uh, it's just changed to you. <laughs> oh my god, they nerfed Wait, wait, wait. So it's like, so Chris Farley is in the bar screaming, A Saigon, you bit my nose off! Dude. I, I, I did remember that now that you mentioned it. They did that for other, like, um, other, like, curse words, too. Yeah, right? like, they, like, the, the captions are totally, like, for the TV version, I guess. They must be. But like somebody had to sit there and like think of a way to like, all right, how am I gonna like? It's real get all weird. These words out. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah no. Honestly, that like is they, crazy. if they were gonna nerf it, they should have like updated it, and it should have been like you know Chris Farley yelling, "A Saigon sex worker bit my nose off." Like, <laughs> just be like, oh, just be, just call them sex workers. That's fine. Well, I don't think he could even say Saigon. Well, I guess Saigon's a place. So yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, that's questionable. So that's like, I think that rides a line. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, in this movie, it's the least of its problems. Uh, well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the movie's also, like, pretty misogynist. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's in it's a very casual, sexist. in that cool casual way we used to do in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely a marker of its time. Yeah. You know, like, comedy in the 90s was this it was like the low-hanging fruit 
what's easy to make fun of and shocking at the same time. Right. So it's like, you know, we'll be fat phobic and we'll be sexist. We'll be misogynistic and we'll be, you know, we'll joke about rape and we'll joke about all these things because it's the way that you would laugh in the like, oh, that's, I shouldn't laugh at that. That's terrible. But yeah. You and that was real big in the 90s. Yeah, well, this well, was, this was what like progressive comedy was in the 90s was like, oh, we'll make fun of everything, including, like, whatever group, quote-unquote, we are, like, whoever the right. comedians are. So we'll mm-hmm. make fun of women and tall people and short people and gay guys and whatever because, like, we'll also make fun of, like, Italian guys and podcasters and, like, whatever, whatever. Like Yeah, it was the era of South Park and of, honestly, like, and that Gen- family guy, but yeah, also... and that Gen X notion of... Like this was what equality was is like we're all up for you know mockery and all and like right. and the and fact that the characters are both losers in this is supposed to be that even playing field. Like, right. look, they're not great. We're not saying they're great. Look how they're idiots and they're slobs and they're you know like whatever. That's that's what I think it is. Also, I think it's kind of telling. Allison told me this last night that the the devil uh, hallucination the devil cameo was supposed to be Howard, Howard Stern. Stern oh yeah they and were that... they were all like fans especially Artie Lang sure. was like well, Artie Lang's been on the show know, he was like yeah a yeah yeah was it yeah yeah and like so I think that's pretty telling as far as like the humor of the show like 1998 Howard Stern it's like we're gonna talk about prostitutes we're gonna talk right. about like you know sh- short people that work in the you know carnival sideshow like. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, would, it's also, would you bang a hot chick if she had a beard? Like, that's a whole episode, I think. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But also, that's Bob Saget. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. Um. So it kind of all feels like a real marker of its time. I'd also like to mention it's got a real good '90s soundtrack. Oh, yes. What do you do? It does. However, it does. I think it, it. There's a glaring omission. Okay. Because ever since I put this on, I've been singing Steely Dan's Dirty Work in my oh, head. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, how is that not on the it, soundtrack? They probably couldn't afford both that and Dirty Deeds by ACDC. Yeah, I was going to say the last I mean, fair. Also, I, I know how you feel about Steely Dan, but... <laughs> I appreciate their musicianship. It is never... Has never really been for me. <laughs> But it's, I, in, it's been in my head ever since. I yeah, stand with fair. Hunter. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I can listen to a Steely Dan song and be like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I totally get this. But if somebody's like, yeah, you want to listen to the album? I'm like, I do not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I get that. <laughs> but I also, I had to, I was forced to listen to a lot of Steely Dan because, like, uh, as a musician, when you go to, like, clubs and stuff, apparently Steely Dan shit is mixed, like, perfectly. So a lot of sound guys use Steely Dan to test levels. Interesting. I didn't and know that. So yeah, there's a lot of I'd be standing there and I'm like it's just about Steely Dan o'clock and then some some tech guy I'd never seen some sound tech would start playing Steely Dan. I'm like, Yep. That's so that's weird. Really yeah, apparently that's they're neat. they're like amazingly mixed. Like that's a thing a sound guy, you know, sound tech told me and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. I never knew that. Huh. Still Steely Dan though. Yep. Still I feel uh, the, the same Dan. way about Chicago, I think. <laughs> I like yeah. them just enough to listen to their songs, but I'm not really going to listen to a whole album. How do you yeah. think about the Eagles? <laughs> Probably the same. <laughs> Hunter hates the fucking Eagles. Probably hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> Get out of my cab. <laughs> to, to, to quote the Big Lebowski, but also in real life, Hunter hates the fucking Eagles. <laughs> I do, man. I never, ever in my life. I've worked too many retail jobs for too long to ever no. need to listen to Hotel fucking California again. Yep. That's right. fair. That'll do it. We should do the intro. <laughs> Yes. Oh, hi. 
Hello, excellent Steely Dans. <laughs> Welcome to another Hate Watch Great Watch podcast, episode 79. Jeez, wow. that really? Yeah. Yep. Congrats, guys. That's great. Yep. Thanks. And the, uh, coming off of our Lerman series was something that's a big left turn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if, if, if listeners, if you were, uh, you know, kind of like, okay, yeah, Boz Lerman, we get it. Oh, you're going to do five episodes on Boz Lerman? Well, we hope you appreciate this, as Allison said, strong left turn. Oh, yeah. This is a strong left turn. <laughs> it's a palate cleanser. Uh-huh. This isn't cleansing anything. It's not. <laughs> no, sir. No, it's, it's, this is kind of like, uh, yeah, the opposite of a palate cleanser. It's a... Uh, uh, like if you were at an ice cream tasting thing, and you're just like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm tired of sweet. I want a little dirt. Yeah, you're just like, I, I'm tired of uh, this like mm, mm, lilac flavored. Mm, this is very delicate. I'm just gonna drink a bottle of hot sauce like Stevo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're uh, we're doing dirty work from the the year of our Lord 1998, <laughs> directed by the late great, ver- apparently a very super nice man, Bob Saget. Uh, How do you get to be as well liked as Bob Saget? That's. I think he just like was a really good, like good guy. So apparently, a thing I read that I'd never heard before after he passed was that a lot of his family passed away really early uh, in his life, uh-huh. and so he kind of like cultivated a family of like his friends and compatriots and like you know other comedians and like and he was very familial with them. So I think that engenders, like, a lot of, you know, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to treat everybody like family unless you're a huge asshole or whatever. And I think then, yeah, you people just are like, oh, this guy's great, takes care of me. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I get it. I think we all, you know, most of us have, you know, familial uh, people, you know, people in our family where you're like, oh, I don't need to talk to you. <laughs> 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 I, I will create my own family. And that's like, that's what, you know, that's what you do. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. Um, and then also, I mean, we should also mention, like, uh, the, the late, also great, Norm, Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald. He's so goddamn funny in this movie. We were talking about how many people are dead in this movie versus alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, mm. and it's not that long ago. No. And oddly, Artie Lang is one of the only guys who's still alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he had who, like, who would have thought? Well, right. Well, I think he's in recovery now, but he had a big, big cocaine yeah. problem, like around oh, the time boy. of the movie and all through '90s, early 2000s. But I think he got clean like a couple of years ago. I think so. I don't know if he's still uh, doing that, but um, yeah, he's like him and like Adam Sandler and Chevy Chase, John Goodman, and John Goodman. Yeah, weirdly, <laughs> Chevy Chase also still. Yeah. Again, nothing against Chevy. I mean, I hear Chevy Chase is a dick, but I don't wish the man uh, dead no, or anything. Listen. Right. I had to Google if Chevy Chase and Artie Lang were still alive. Right. So, yeah, there you I go. just it was interesting <laughs> to see that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm Allison Nucoulis here with my co-host Hunter Bush. That's me. And joining us are our good friends. You, you know me. You're familiar with me. I'm beating Beerman still, aren't I? I better be. I think probably. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't done the tally in a while. I have to check. A hundred time podcast winner, <laughs> Tina Dillon. And Michael Chalfin. Yeah. He is the fiancé of the 100 times podcast winner. Yeah, I'm I'm just here to the left. He holds the belt. (laughs) It's too heavy. (laughs) Too many jewels. (laughs) It is a heavy belt. It too large, I too small. (laughs) 
Um, we, we talked about doing this. I don't remember if I left it in or if I cut it out, but we did mention possibly doing this uh, when we recorded our Cool Runnings episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And between then and now, Bob Saget passed away, and I was like, mm-hmm. we should do it. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, a lot of, a lot of you know, there's a lot of people talking about Bob Saget, and I was like, I should revisit Dirty Work. It's been, like, most of a decade, I think, probably, since I last watched it. And it's not, like, a favorite movie of mine, but watching it this time, I was like, it is, like, genuinely very funny, um, if you can get past the stuff that is, you know, not cool. <laughs> Just like the editing, the joke, timing, um, you know, all that is like is very funny and real dumb. It's very, you know, uh, yeah, it's very like low hanging fruit humor. Just like, yeah, like, oh, we're having a heartfelt conversation. This scene needs a joke. Artie, are you pissing off the roof? Like, it's like, okay, yeah, but it's fun. I'd never seen it. Really? Yesterday. And I think because you're a Norm Macdonald fan. Not really. I thought you were. I mean, he's okay. Oh. I totally am, which is, you know, a big part of the appeal here for me. I think maybe if I had seen it in the 90s, I would feel differently about it. Sure. It was arduous for me to watch. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, well, because, yeah, you're not revisiting this. I'm not revisiting this. This is all brand new. (laughs) Yeah. And I was, like, transported back to a time where, like, all we talked about in like 1998 was stand-up comedy and SNL and whatever. And like how, I mean, Jim Brewer's stand-up and like all these things that like were really super popular at the time yeah. were the kind of things that we all just kind of like groaned and laughed at. And now watching it at this point in my life, I can't groan and laugh at it. I kind of just like, oh God. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, we're doing this now. <laughs> okay. Um... I think the only time the, the the one time that I laughed during this whole movie was the the end credits when they're all laughing at themselves. That was the part that got me. Wait, you, um, you didn't even laugh at hello, real cops? <laughs> really? Because I mean, that's he a, was there. I didn't laugh. I didn't a, anything. Yeah, it's a relatively tame joke, but it's still like I don't know, so like silly that it's funny. <laughs> but it's like weirdly uncomfortably timely now because all these cops are beating the shit out of people on a yeah. front lawn. Yeah, it just feels. I think it feels different to watch it new it, than if I was revisiting. Yeah, it a hundred percent does. It just feels like I don't know, like if you were to. If I, there's plenty of things that we've watched on this podcast where, like, I was revisiting it after 5, 10, 15 years, whatever, and I can rewatch it and just be like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in here that don't hold up well, but it's got that nostalgia for me, or it's got that, like, reminiscence of a time. This, to me, I feel like pointed out all of the things about the 90s I would like to forget happened. <laughs> This also has, like, a very high per capita for those things. With yeah. stuff like Cool Runnings or whatever, any other movie we've covered, it's like, oh, here's a thing here that wouldn't fly. Or, like, this would come across as, like, a little in poor taste now. But, like, Dirty Work, it's like, it, it's almost like it's ticking boxes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. it's like the whole run, basically. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is, like, I have been known to bring movies to this podcast where I go... Oh, I forgot there was blackface in this or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> like those things have happened. But this felt like every 
like every time they cut to a new scene, I was like, oh God, okay. Uh, now we're doing this. Like did Norm Macdonald just get raped in prison and he's joking about it? Good, good. This is good. Um, so it just, I don't know, man. It is such a, it's like a concentration of the humor of that time. And it is not, it is not watered down. It is not mixed. It is not filtered. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. It's a straight shot. <laughs> yep. Um, did they nerf the the speaking of the the prison uh, rape scene joke? Uh, did they nerf that for your thing? Because like that's a big, that's a very famous like bit of dubbing where you know Norm comes back off from off screen. He's like pulling his pants up and he's like, "You guys have got a lot of growing up to do," which I think is hilarious. I think that's a hilarious, like, if you're going to do, I don't think you should do a prison rape joke, but if you're going to, that's a funny way to do it. It's like, you guys have got a lot of growing up to do. And then he goes like, he's like, the disrespect, that's what hurt the most. That and the, and he clearly says anal rape, but they dubbed it with him saying other thing. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, they said was, other thing. Was other thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, it must have been uh, uh, nerfed for us. Yeah, I didn't know that that's what the I original didn't line was. Yeah, huh. yeah. Yeah, his uh, mouth clearly does not say other thing. <laughs> I don't think I noticed. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't check to see if it lined up. Because I I think I always remember it as being the other thing. Yeah. Mm. You probably always watched it on TV, though. No, I think I watched it the first time I watched it. I remember I watched it. It was a DVD. Cause, or do we have DVDs? Then? No, it was a VHS. It had to have been a VHS. Yeah. I was in summer camp. And, oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. Um, so we did this thing where like each uh, like group of like kids or whatever in the camp, like they'd have like a cabin night, you know, like they yeah. go to either they'd go out for ice cream or like, you know, we'd go watch a movie or like we'd go down to the lake and hang out at the, at the you know, by the boats. We did something as a cabin, uh, like as a, as a group. And uh, this movie we watched in like a private room. And I just remember like loving it and just being so like, oh my God, this is like what like movies are like. And like, Michael's like, this is cinema. <laughs> well, no, I mean like that sort of humor, I very much identified because I was a kid in summer camp. Sure, so yeah. these were the things we were oh, yeah. like, I mean... yelling at each other about. We were making fun of each other about. So this this movie just like reflected all of it back to me, and I loved it. Like sure. it was it was brilliant to me. Yeah, I mean, eleven so... year old in summer camp that reads this. That well, yeah, that's out. that's like... what I'm saying. But that's who I was when I was seeing this movie, and that's the the that's the version I remember. Is I only remember the version of being a PG-13 version. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to show it to us. So yeah. mm -hmm. it must have been that, like, that that nerfed scene where um, he didn't say, like, they, they cut the words right. and said the other thing. But um, I've, I've only remembered it being that. Now, Tina, did you, you didn't even laugh at easily the funniest scene in the entire movie where Adam Sandler is the devil? I did not laugh at anything, Hunter. Not a thing. Not oh, a single Tina. thing. My first laugh was Norm Macdonald uh, goofing lines. his lines yeah. in, the, in the credits. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, for years, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen the movie. It's fine. But for years, the only thing where I'm like, a genuinely laugh out loud moment for me is he looks over and it's Adam Sandler saying, we eat the pig and together we burn. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's fucking so stupid and so weird and it's just like i was like this is fine uh that's that's a genuinely funny thing to the point that i didn't even remember gary coleman was in that scene right yeah he's in it twice he's in it yeah, yeah yeah i totally forgot about that because i was like oh no it's just adam sandler as the devil and it's great and then you can turn the movie off after that <laughs> Uh, and like I said, this time I appreciated more of it, uh, but like, it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So like, just to put it in perspective, I've always been like in the John Goodman fan camp. I love John Goodman. I love everything John Goodman does by and large. John Goodman has let me down exactly once and it was the Monuments Men. Mm, now <laughs> twice. Yeah. Now twice. <laughs> I have like a real role. No, but he was scenes. in it and that okay, was enough. <laughs> So now if you ever meet John Goodman, you're like, I have to talk to you about something. We need to talk about dirty work. Buddy. You're like, excuse me, though, dirty work and Monuments Men in the same career. Like Monuments <laughs> Men could be award winning by comparison. Yeah, I mean, yes, that is true. It's very bad. Originally, Monuments Men was a very similar script. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Uh, there were Nazis in that one there were no Nazis in this it's the one thing that's the thing is they were going to prank the Nazis (laughs) (laughs) I think we could all agree that's a good idea Uh, yeah (laughs) so a thing that I discovered while looking some stuff up about the movie for the podcast that I never knew is apparently this movie was inspired by a Roald Dahl short story called Vengeance is Mine Incorporated. Wow. Aren't what? We? Yeah. Roald Dahl is a is a is a weird dude. Yep. And I mean like I'm not I'm not saying like it's a one to one. Like that was I think just getting the nugget of an idea of having like a revenge sure. corporation or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that that was the little kernel that then popped into this <laughs> yeah. nightmare. Right, right. Popped right. into this nightmare. Uh <laughs> You're entitled to your own wrong opinion, Tina. It's okay. No. Listen, Allison, I don't want to hear it. You made me watch The Smokers. This is fair. Yeah, well, The Smokers, I knew nobody was going to have a good time. Oh, that's the understatement of the fucking year, Allison. That was not, that was so beyond not that's, a good time. It's the understatement of like three years ago, Tina. Well, yesterday was the uh, anniversary of its release. I did a post I know, about I it. I know, I reposted it, and... I, and I said, in, I yeah. said in my post, like, movie's terrible. The episode's good, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, very briefly, for anyone who has not uh, seen the film and is listening to this to get an idea of whether they should or not, I, mean, I think we've covered some ground there. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that if you haven't seen it already, you probably don't want to watch it. Well, much that's... like Tina's experience. Yeah, but fair. That if you vaguely remember seeing it when you were, you know, a youth in summer camp, you might like revisiting it here's here's another reference i just thought of and i kind of thought about last night if you liked if you if you caught deuce bigelow Mm. you'd probably like this very much yeah deuce bigelow didn't quite capture my imagination the way this one did no but it's a similar style of humor and it also came up in the um the um, related titles and i was like oh yeah all right i guess that makes sense Yeah. yeah How does this capture one's imagination? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is comedy at the end of the, you know, the end of the 20th century was just like, hey, this this seems like a good, this seems like an idea. We can make this funny if we fill it with enough, like, funny people and just kind of go. It's like, oh, what if, 
what if, uh, like, somebody who's not sexy was a, a gigolo? Right. Uh, who's our least sexiest friend? Uh, Rob Schneider. Oh, good call. That sounds funny. We'll give that <laughs> That's money. That's perfect. Right. I'm... But unlike Rob Schneider, Norm MacDonald, actually funny, can yeah. deliver yeah, a joke. Yeah, but, like, can we agree, though, honestly, in this movie, that Norm MacDonald cannot act his way out of a paper bag? No, no. He's Norm MacDonald's not an actor. Norm MacDonald is no, a comedian he's funny who... In bits, he's a full-on comedian. But he's not an actor. And, no. like... The best part of this to me, what I find most amusing, not out loud, in my head, <laughs> is that Artie Lang carries this film. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's doing something. You know, Nor- Norm doing just... doing his Artie Lang thing. Yeah, Norm just comes out in the world's most 1998-ist clothes. Uh, oh yeah, he, oh yeah. What? The colors in this. He's are, are... he's been living at a Pearl Jam concert. Yeah. He's wearing like these weirdly like enormous shirts. Yeah, yeah. as was the style at the time. Colors, like yellow and but like, orange, and, but like plaid over and, everything. Right, at, like to the point where it looks like he had like a flight rig hidden underneath it. Like you know, like a, P- a production of Peter Pan. They were gonna like lift him off at any moment. <laughs> and then I was kind of thinking, I was like, I wonder if it's like a joke, kind of not like a joke joke, but it's just supposed to be funny that like he's wearing these very baggy, big shirts and Artie Lang is always wearing like a tight shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because Artie Lang's like a bigger guy than Norm MacDonald, which is not hard. Like Norm MacDonald, a very slim man. Right. With a lot of hair. He's got a lot of hair in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, I like his, uh, <laughs> I like his pajamas when he's sleeping in the car. He's got a, a nightcap. A nightcap. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's so, you can really tell he's sleeping in the back there. <laughs> right. So it really yeah, comes they really, across. They really do a good job of establishing their jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> There's a thing that I noticed in this movie. So I, I've seen a bunch of Norm MacDonald stand-up comedy, like, over the years. And um, in some of his early stuff, he talks about Dobermans. But he pronounces it Doberman. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know those Doberman dogs? And I was like, huh. And in this movie, he clearly says Doberman. And I was like, they must, somebody must have been like, like, Artie had to be like, that's not. That's not how you do it. That's, that's not, not a pronunciation anyone yeah. uses. Right. Bob Saget's like, take it again, Norm. Take it do, again, Norm. Do the American pronunciation, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he said it, I was like, oh, he said it right. That's so weird. He's the only person I've ever heard pronounce it Doberman. If that's the, if that's the only thing we've got to talk about. <laughs> No, uh, so I was going to walk through the plot pretty quickly, which is that uh, all his life, Mitch, which is Norm MacDonald, has been, you know, uh, bullied and put upon and whatever. And as we sort of talked about at the top of the episode, it's partially because he's kind of a jerk. Um, And he's got his best friend, Sam, which is Artie Lang. And uh, about 25 minutes into the movie, uh, they realize that they could weaponize their propensity for getting fantastical revenge prank on people justice. on people that have wronged them yeah by starting a prank for hire revenge for hire business called dirty work called dirty work and then a lot of things happen but mostly norm starts to kind of fall for uh her name's kate right kathy kathy uh played by trailer howard who from i monk. know from monk yes thank you and oh. um mm-hmm. yeah she was uh, uh yeah. natalie he uh, also runs afoul of and then gets one-upped by and then gets revenge back upon perennial mm-hmm. SNL bad guy 
Christopher McDonald, who famously was Shooter McGavin. From Happy Gilmore. From Happy Gilmore. Is he alive? Christopher McDonald? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. He should be. I mean... Yeah, he's still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good, too. He, like, he kind of went gray uh, gracefully, and now he's got, like, this head of very intense white-like hair. He looks real good. He, yeah, did, he, he did the Silver Fox thing, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he just, like, always, like, looks really intense and like he could yeah, be he a has, jerk. He kind of has Buscemi eyes. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that adds to the... I think that adds to his uh, villainness. Yeah. Um, uh, but... He's got Steve Buscemi eyes. You and Christopher <laughs> McDonald share a birthday, Hunter. Wait, really? Yeah. Me and Shooter? Yep. Happy birthday to us, buddy. Yep. All right. He was born February 15th, 1955. Same year. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> uh, still around and wronging people's grannies. <laughs> you going to let that silver fox thing grow in, Hunter, or are you just going to keep pretending like you weren't born in 1955? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, ooh, look at that one. That one particular strand is all silver. And I'm like, yes, let's do this. Like I said, I've always <laughs> wanted to do the Reed Richards. I don't care. I don't care about, you know, going gray, hair retention. Like, I just want a couple of years where I'm gray at my temples so I can look like Reed Richards. And then that's fine. Then after that, it's fine. No big deal. Whatever. I'll figure it out. I just want the Reed yeah. Richards. I've just always wanted it. You could just make that happen. I know. Well, there was a, there was a while when I was, like, really uh, dyeing my hair a lot where I would bleach the just the, the sides, like, just the temples and gave myself the artificial, like, <laughs> fucking Rocky Horror Reed Richards hair. <laughs> Which was a good look. I recommend it. If that's a thing you might like, you think you might want to try it, I, I, listeners should go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm not going to go gray. I'm just going to get weird textures because I'm starting to find... I have extremely straight hair, and... Like what, like granite? That's a weird hair texture. No, I mean, like, I'll I'll find really, really kinky ones every so often, and there are more of them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's kinky. true of most things. Yeah, you're yeah. getting kinkier with age. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get, like, witchy before I get gray. That's that's good. <laughs> Isn't that the goal? That's my goal. Yeah, speaking, yeah. speaking of the 90s, we're very into witchy. That's true. Practical yeah. magic, the craft, like... We should still do the craft. Others. But. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's more. I mean, my mom rented all of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Love Potion number nine. That's got a witch. That might be. No, that's that's like when Poltergeist the Legacy was a big deal. You remember Poltergeist the Legacy? I, I, I do, kind of. It used to come on at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like new episodes of something came on at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they were like, well, we own this, so we should show it, which is a weird thing now to say because so many like networks and streaming services are like well we own this but we're never gonna put it out anywhere we're just gonna leave it we're just gonna abandon it well i think also now it's to fuck over other people whereas back then you only had but so many channels yeah they were just like oh well we'll put it out wherever and maybe it'll find an audience and now it's just like well mm, you can't have it Mm, spite it's like great i love living in this society (laughs) this is a primary motivating factor it must have took off because there wound up being like a straight to video movie for poltergeist legacy oh was there yeah hmm. huh used to come on after fame la another weird show that oh came yeah on LA. yeah wow, i forgot about that there was yeah that was a whole other subset of the fucking direct to tv 90s yeah they were like oh you know man what was that was it called catwalk or something there was one oh. 
where they were like models but also a band <laughs> it was like catwalk. yeah i think it was called catwalk yeah and they were it was it was like a uh you know teen tween you know drama show but they were like models by day a band by night or something <laughs> that sounds really familiar I think they might have also like stopped crime like they might have busted drug dealers or whatever too for all i remember Catwalk. I'm, I'm googling this <laughs> this is another thing like fish oh, it was police. canadian <laughs> of course right. it was like norm Macdonald. like, like norm Macdonald. <laughs> nev campbell was in it oh wow oh. really and christopher lee <laughs> really whoa whoa like sir christopher lee a group of 20 somethings form a band oh man that's wild yeah my brain is full of this crap yeah, that was from 92 to 95. It lasted that long. Wow. If you had asked me if it had more than one season, I would have bet the house that no, it did not. <laughs> I don't think Fame LA was on that long. Hold on. Fame LA. <laughs> 97 to 98, so no. Wow. And uh, Poltergeist the Legacy. <laughs> that had four seasons. Damn. I used to love that show. Poltergeist the Legacy ran from 96 to 99. Nice. Those are good uh-huh. years. Those are the X-Files years. That's probably, they were they were scratching yeah. that itch That's for their people. their answer to the X-Files? Yeah, they were just like, <laughs> oh man, X-Files was so good this week. I wonder what else is on that will scratch that itch. And it's like, well, we have episodes of Sightings on the Sci-Fi Channel, or you can watch Poltergeist the Legacy. And people were like, hell yeah. Oh my God, Sightings. <laughs> sightings, baby. That was a good show. You're awakening many a memory, Hunter. <laughs> Sightings was good. I used to watch reruns of In Search Of uh, with Leonard Nimoy was the host. Oh, that's oh cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was on like A&E. It's great. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, today we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle. And I'm like, yes, we are, Leonard. Yes, we <laughs> fucking are. Uh-huh. <laughs> There'd be all this like, they would drive him out to like, you know, stand near Stonehenge. <laughs> and talk about like ley lines for five minutes. And he's like, I'm cold. I'm going back inside. <laughs> it's great. Well, that's like, um, what's that show? Beyond Belief? Oh, yeah. Also wow. a Star Trek character? Yeah. What's his name? Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. yeah. Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. And now mm-hmm. it's the best meme ever that you can just post when people are <laughs> shitty online. Post never happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah those shows are great i don't know why there aren't like why that isn't still a thing i guess it's you know the prevalence of you know technology and everybody's got cameras on them and stuff there's less like mystery and you know all that kind of thing i think is the prevailing theory but man just talk about the classics talk about the fresno nightcrawler well yeah but also to Mm. be fair we were all real spooky in the 90s. Yeah. We were all about spooky stuff. It was a spooky culture. We were approaching the end of the millennium, and everybody wasn't sure if that was going to be, like, it for all time. We, yeah. we all started dressing all... like Neo. I don't know what happened. Neo? I, Neo happened. That's what yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> we all just bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And then they told us that the world was going to explode because our computers were going to go back to the 1800s. We were trench coating <laughs> into the future. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, shit, I never thought to put a leather trench coat with pleather pants and a fishnet shirt before. Goddamn. Gonna live our cyberpunk or steampunk dreams, depending on how this whole Y2K thing shakes out. Yeah, it's gonna be one or the other. That was also, like, the end of the internet bubble. So, like, it's such a weird time for that to happen. Yeah, the internet was still the Wild West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now we have NFTs. I hate it here. (laughs) 
And we had Y2K the second back in uh, 2012 where everybody thought the Mayan calendar was going to do it. <laughs> That's right, because yeah. we didn't get it right. It was actually offset. No. <laughs> For the first time, we For, didn't get it right. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> as an aside... Imagine how hard it would be to do the audio for the Matrix with all that swishing around they must have been doing. Oh yeah. Well, sound sound uh, uh, and prop guys are really good at this kind of stuff. They know how to make well, stuff that sure, makes but... minimal noise. So like they'll they'll probably they probably had like a costume designer make something that looks a lot like leather but makes no noise when they're moving. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they've separated their thighs. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there was somebody on set who just had to like lube up Neo's legs so that they didn't yeah, rub. <laughs> Give me that leg lube. Yeah, Keanu's like, lube guy, I'm starting to crinkle a little. <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember I was standing on my roof uh, with uh, you know my my junior high best friend. Pissing uh, off the side of it? No, no. <laughs> at New Year, stroke of midnight, New Year's uh, 1999, turning into 2000, we were like, all right, this is it. This is it. The world's going to end. Let's watch the wave of explosions just come across the horizon. And then nothing happened, and we went inside, and we watched, like, HBO did a, all all their year's worth of uh, stand-up comedy specials, like marathons. So we went back inside and watched, like, uh, Chris Rock and um, who else? Eddie Izzard and I think David oh, yeah. Spade, Janine Garofalo, whoever else had stand-ups that year, Louis Black. The 90s were chock mm-hmm. full of stand-up. Yeah. yeah. And that's all everybody ever talked about. Yeah. It was it was it was the new uh, you know, the new craze like stand-up became like popular for like the wider wider world. It wasn't just a yeah. subculture anymore. Right. Uh like Comedy Central had all those like half-hour specials where it was just like people's 5-minute sets. Yeah, I used to tape like I'd, I'd watch them and then wait for them to rerun so I could tape the like my favorite sets. So somewhere yeah, I have but... like all those Mitch Hedberg sets that he did at like various like comedy night things oh like God. on tape. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing that sort of made all of that really popular. I think is Comedy Central blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like yeah. everybody I knew always was watching Comedy Central. Well, because uh, Comedy Central had South Park. It has South Park, so, yeah. And also this new wave of stand-up. So right. that makes sense. It was between it all, that and... All, and uh, I think it was all like convergence of these popular things, and, and Comedy Central just happened to be the place for it all. Yeah, it was all just a, a confluence of, of popularities and, and new uh, new waves of comedy. Yeah, Comedy Central also, like, they just bought up all these, like, kind of skippable you know, comedies from the past, like, 10 or 15 years yeah, and would just run them all the time. That's how I saw a bunch of things where I'm like, oh, never saw this before, but it's got, like, a comedian or a Saturday Night Live alum or something in it that I know. I'll watch it. That's where I saw, like, Who's the Man? It's like, I never would have seen Who's the Man otherwise, like... Oh, my God. Beerman loves that movie. Really? (laughs) I think so, yeah. He also loves this movie. Really? Yeah, I don't know if he's watched it, like, critically, but I know, you know, for years I've been like, eh, it's it's fine. And he's like, it's so funny. And I'm like, it's fine. Oh, he's going to hate me now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the other thing is I'm, I've never been, like, a, you know, uh, a champion for this one. It's always been, like, my, eh, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I like it. Nobody else has to. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend Dirty Work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen Dirty Work? <laughs> right. Unless unless they were specifically asking for this type of thing. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, this is also from my phase of where I was also really into Euro Trip, which is another very like uh, scummy yeah. comedy. Oh yeah, uh, it sure is. <laughs> Did you also like Biodome? Because I, de- I, I didn't like- see Biodome. I don't know if I've ever seen Biodome. No. Don't. Hey, maybe we should do Biodome. It's sounding like we should do Biodome. <laughs> I'm not doing Biodome. <laughs> <laughs> really, you have strong feelings about Biodome? Yeah, like real strong. <laughs> Uh, Biodome I have not seen in, yeah, like 10, 15 years. I, I, I... Yeah, I mean, if we started to dig deeper into the reasons why you two liked this movie, Hunter and I might be making different decisions about our lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going we're gonna to run away together to a country that's never heard of dirty work. <laughs> and then we'll open a revenge for hire business because they're not expecting it because they've never heard of dirty work. We got to do a quick pause because the pretzels are at the door. Okay. Hold on one moment. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is like when you guys took that ice cream break or whatever it was. Cake? Was it cake? Oh, <laughs> yeah. From the Beethoven episode. Yeah. Cake break. Cake break. Cake break. That's a lot of pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about this, guys. All right. And we're back and I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, yeah, we were talking. Doesn't matter. Okay, so, so since I am uh somewhat more in the middle ground because I I didn't I didn't have as many like Bond memories of this as as uh, Michael and Allison you two did, and I didn't out and out dislike it the same way that Tina does. Um, I will list the things that I liked about it, uh, the, the you know the jokes and stuff that I thought really worked for me. Um, I love uh, the Chevy Chase character. I think that's like a really funny bit, and I think it's a really weird performance of it. And I think Chevy plays it well. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, a doctor who has a gambling problem, and um, every time he shows up, he's got a new injury that his you know bookmakers have uh, inflicted upon him. But when he's talking about, they're like, "How did you ever you know lose fifty thousand dollars? You know, how how could you end up owing fifty thousand dollars to a bookie?" And he's like. Oh, I bet, you know, I lost on this and I lost on this and I bet on Mr. T. And they're like, wait, you, you bet in Rocky 3, you bet against Rocky? And I thought that was like such a great, the great joke. Um, that's really good. Don Rickles is, oh my goodness. is re- you know, he's just Don Rickles in this. Yeah. And I kind of wish there was more of him. Uh, well, I mean, I, I also know that they cut out a lot of his stuff because he was just ad-libbing for a while, berating everybody. Yeah, I just mean so, I wish he was, like, a larger yeah. character. They should have, like, hired him or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, oh, you can just make people feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd like to see the R-rated version of his uh, Oh yeah, his rants. I forgot the, the guy, uh, the, the boss at the um, used car dealership was David Koechner. And I was like, yep. oh, look at that. Yeah. Um, that's all uh, that... That whole scene works because of Norm's delivery. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing is that, you know, he's crappy to Kathy, yeah. uh, who Norm has a crush on, as we mentioned. And um, he's doing a live commercial. So Norm figures he'll uh, kill two birds with one stone and he'll publicly embarrass uh, Keckner and also do a free commercial for their business, Dirty Work. So they hire a bunch of prostitutes to play dead and lay in the trunks of these cars and then uh, Artie has the like automatic trunk opener buttons, and he just keeps opening them all. Mm-hmm. And Norm is up on the stage in the middle of this live commercial, going, well, "Look over here! There's another dead hooker. I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life." 
And like that's only funny because. Well, and then somebody chimes in and says, "I have." I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a Bob Saget joke. Yeah. Uh, That's one (laughs) hundred percent a Bob Saget joke. Like. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's that's a hallmark of uh, Bob Saget. Yeah, there's also there's a running gag that feels very Bob Sagety to me of um, one of the three homeless guys that used to work for uh, Cole, which is uh, Christopher McDonald keeps having these like heartwarming monologues that they'll just cut away from or interrupt because nobody cares. And that feels like a Bob Saget joke. He's staring off in the distance. There are some violins or something. Yeah. Swelling the, score. Yeah. The, the light gets softer, you know, and then everybody's like, yeah, anyway. And yeah, he'll be like, and I, I think here's, I'm finally, here's your putting, dollar. Yeah. I think I'm finally putting my life back together. He's like, here you go. Here's your money. And he's like, Oh, thanks. Like, <laughs> And they do it twice, and it's, like, pretty funny each time, but it definitely it feels like a Bob Saget joke. Yeah. Chris Farley is so unhinged Ugh, in this. He is on 11 the whole time. It's all you want from him. <laughs> and it's all you'll get from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I wasn't outwardly amused, but I was inwardly amused by the skunk scene. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's oh, so yeah. wild. He's, like, conjuring up the skunk. Yeah. Do the dance, boys. Do yeah. the dance. It's a thing he says, yep. and it's so crazy. Oh, man. And then, yeah, Artie Lang's like, dude, let the skunks go. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He's like, quick, come In on. the land of the skunks, the man with half a nose is king. And then he tells them to fly. Yep. Like, fly. <laughs> Like like the Wicked Witch. Even the way that that's shot, it's got like a low camera angle and like a spotlight on him. So there's yeah. like a big shadow on the wall behind him, and he's just yeah. like hopping around, and like hovering over this yeah. cage of skunks, dude. It's yep. so bizarre. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. Brilliant. <laughs> um, oh, there's a, a you know a reference to a previous episode, recent episode, um, when they they're hired by Cole to get this building condemned and he's like no i want to hire you guys uh, even though you made me look bad by stopping me from bulldozing an old lady's house on the news and he's like but i want to hire you because i think your skills could be put to good use so uh, get this building condemned and then like i can do something good blah, blah 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 and it turns out he doesn't own the building he hired them to condemn a building that was also standing in his way of you know whatever gl- global domination or whatever his ultimate goal is opera domination opera yeah. domination <laughs> Um, and then it's a very Batman uh, vibe to that. Um, yeah, doing is, all of this actually. to put on yeah. an opera. Um, but so they're like, you know, just wrecking shit. They're putting like uh, vermin in the house. They're breaking down doors, smashing stuff, and they're spray painting across the wall. And uh, the wall has a Moulin Rouge poster up on it. Not the movie. Yeah. Just the place. Yeah. But I was like, oh, previous episode. I saw yeah. that. So that was kind of fun. Him with the skunks, that's also in my notes. Um, I like when Travis Cole tosses the, like, tape. He pulls the tape out of Mitch's tape recorder and throws it off the balcony at the opera, and it hits a reporter, and the reporter says, Son of a bitch bastard! (laughs) (laughs) Which I just was like, that's really funny, because it's just so dumb. Um, I also kind of like the, it's a very dumb joke, but that the the one opera aficionado guy fucking loved what he thought was the performance. Right, yeah. He's like, oh, they're releasing skunks to simulate the squalor that they had to live in during Don Giovanni and all this. And at the end, he's like standing and applauding. Yeah. <laughs> it's so absurd. It is. And mm-hmm. it, that, that worked for me. Like, that's a very funny joke. Mm-hmm. That may have also been preemptive uh, for uh, dealing with critics because this was not very well received when it came out. 
Oh, you Nobody... don't say. <laughs> it, well, it also came out with Mulan, not Mulan Rouge, but Mulan mm-hmm. and Godzilla. Yeah. They were all released at the same time. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. So I saw Godzilla in that Godzilla. I saw that in theaters. Also, you know, something I was reading about was that, yeah, this was written as a rated R movie. They, you know, cut it down to be PG-13. Right. Later on in the year, there's something about Mary was released, which was an R-rated comedy, which became a major cultural touchstone. Yeah, Something About Mary is one of the rare movies um, that actually its box office number grew the longer it was in theaters. It started off, I don't remember where it placed like in the ranking, but it made more money the second week than the first week and made more money the fifth week than the fourth. Like it just kept increasing from word of mouth. And that like never happens. I mean, you know, maybe something hits number one or whatever and stays at number one relative to whatever else is out, but they usually make less money the second week than the first. Yeah. And I mean, at the time, the the notion was like, oh, adults won't go to see this. We we need to be shooting for teenagers. Yeah, for for something about Mary. Uh, for comedies in general, like oh, the, yeah. a, adult situational comedies. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, you know, it was it was common practice to like cut them to PG thirteen rating. Right to court uh, teens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and luckily, uh, something about Mary is both. Yeah. Does both. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's like that's most of what I mean. Honestly, what carries this movie is norm mcdonald's delivery of almost every line is like it's funny he just has a great very you know unique delivery which is why he was great as the you know news anchor on snl and it's just you know all these dumb lines wouldn't be funnier if they were played by most other people yeah i mean that's probably true yeah although i still didn't laugh but (laughs) i mean i think i think he did a better job of delivering it than maybe somebody else would yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, Can you imagine, like, David Spade in this role? Like, another like, yeah. snarky guy? Like, it would be terrible. Well, I don't know who they were planning on for the lead, but he, you know, Norm, Norm wanted to just write the movie. He wasn't intending on playing the character. Yeah. Originally. Well, that that totally makes sense. Yeah. Because that's a little how it feels. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are definitely very noticeable parts where he's, like, a little stuttery or, you know, isn't looking in the right direction while he's delivering a line or things like that where it's like okay yeah you're not used to yeah. doing this yeah uncomfortable <laughs> on camera right. a, on on film like yeah yeah he's used to being a like an snl writer and and performer which is a different animal like right yeah yeah i mean he has moments of like halted delivery or delayed delivery too where i'm like i i think doing a movie actually affected his comedic timing in some way like there were moments where i feel like it like it took him a whole beat to catch up i i don't know like it just maybe that was intentional maybe it was part of like the character but yeah i feel like his cadence seemed correct to me but just that it doesn't necessarily translate as well on film or that depending on who's editing it sometimes the cuts are in different places than what he was playing towards you know yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I do think that the cuts are weird. Like, there are times where, like, we cut, and I'm like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> like, suddenly they're in cop outfits. And I turned to him, and I was like, <laughs> why wait, why are they in cop outfits? Like, did I miss something completely? And they, like, kind of explain it in, like, a in, like an info dump. Like, they, talk, they make a joke about, like, renting cop outfits. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to figure out what the goal was, and I felt like 
maybe there was something in between there that got cut. I don't know. There were a couple of moments like that where I was like, this seems like a hard cut to something else. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a, um, like, a, sh- a, a shock that you're, you know, so that you're, like, paying attention and being like, wait, what's happening? Like, I think that was the intended effect. And then, then it's that hello real cops joke. And yeah. then they get the cops to come and beat up the frat boys. And then they get to join in. Yeah. Also, their cop uniforms were weird. They had, like, a, had like a whistle or something on it. Uh, Which felt very old timey to me, like the Keystone Cops. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure this was filmed in Canada. Yeah, so it's a Canadian cop so, uniform. But like, yeah, so I don't know if that had an impact on like other elements of that. Um, <laughs> we mentioned the soundtrack uh, earlier on the episode, and I just wanted to the four songs that I caught. We looked at the credits at the end. Um, the four <laughs> songs I caught were. Perennial Allison Yakula's favorite Third Eye Blind Semi Charmed Life. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, Better Than Ezra's Good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Green Day's Burnout. Mm-hmm. Yes. And of course, Perennial Allison Yakula's favorite band, ACDC's Dirty Deeds. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, there's like a KMFDM song in here. There and I was is. Like, I was yeah. like, there is. is that? And yeah, I don't remember where that was. I don't know where it plays, but can we talk about those song credits for a minute? Because. I don't know if you noticed this, but I pointed it out to him. And this is actually really interesting. (laughs) Did you notice how many people it took to write tub thumping? (laughs) Yeah, it was that entire fucking group. (laughs) Like eight people in Chumbawamba and they all wrote tub thumping. So I think, I think because, because Chumbawamba is the band Crass. That that's, that's my understanding. It's like they, they're, they're, uh, punk band um you know anarcho punks um and they were like oh we should just do a thing to court like mainstream success and it's also like a a little bit of a tonal shift from what they did in that band and um but i think i think all their songwriting credits are like that um because they are like a collective uh so they're kind of like oh we all wrote this together so everybody gets and but it's a huge like group Uh, (laughs) um yeah it took that many people to. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I get it. I just was alarmed. Yeah, it's a huge group. <laughs> it's yeah. And there's a lot of people that were involved in tub thumping. Tub thumping. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like, I take a whiskey drink. All right, good, 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 good. Anybody have a follow up for that? <laughs> and then everybody yelled out, "Oh, a vodka drink? Oh, good. I'm writing that down. Writing that down. Writing that down. Good, 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 good." I get knocked down, <laughs> and I get up again. What if you got up again? <laughs> Uh, also in there, just for a joke, is uh, "Escape." Oh yes, better known as the Pina Colada song. Yes. yes. Yeah. I, I uh, that scene stood out to me the first time I watched it. I thought that was uh, uh, terribly funny. Yeah. Uh, that he picked the wrong song, and the <laughs> song that he picked was "If You Like Pina Coladas." Yeah. Um, I just thought that like eleven-year-old me was just delighted. Yeah. I think it would have been even funnier if it were Steely Dan. Yeah, that would have worked. Mm-hmm. Well, they also have to jump to the middle of the Pina Colada song. Yeah, that's definitely not how yeah. that song starts. <laughs> no. Yeah, because um, yeah, the, the joke is that there's about to be a bar fight, and Chris Farley, who again is at 11 the entire time, uh, he says, you know, I'm going to play G7. And then yeah. he like, gets right in this dude's face. Roll, He's like, Rolling you... Stone, Street Fighting Man, G7. Yeah, and he goes, you hit G8. And then it's like, if you like Pina Coladas. And I'm like, that's like... 35 seconds into the song mm-hmm. oh totally 
Norm Macdonald gets full on thrown out a window too. Multiple times though. <laughs> well, no, he usually gets thrown out of doorways, but this was one where like you know, there was glass involved. Oh, fair, yeah. fair, yeah. Defenestration. Yeah, yeah. Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's multiple Jazzy Jeffings. Your assorted Jazzy's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, uh, at the end they ruin the opera, which is. Christopher McDonald's big like crowning achievement the thing that's going to ingratiate him to to high society and you know he's a land developing bigwig that's his whole thing he's an evil businessman which in the 90s was like you stick a character actor who can look you know mean in a boardroom and that was like the villain in most 90s comedies especially if you give him a small dog or cat yeah 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 just give him give him some prop uh, and if it's Even an animal, an animal great. Yeah. yeah. And in this movie, they decided to take it a step further and write bestiality into it. <laughs> so yes. that was cool. <laughs> that comes up a lot more than I'm comfortable with, which really, I'm comfortable with zero. But it comes up even more than once. Yeah, and then we've, we're left with, uh, what's the dog's name? Spunky. 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 Yeah. yeah, then we're left with Spunky uh, uh, having sex with a skunk. With this donkey. Yeah, well, there's also like gay dog sex in the beginning. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Which I forgot I, about that. I would argue that's that's not bestiality. The bestiality thing would be the speculating that he's got his thumb in the dog's ass. That's oh, right, right, right. right. That's, yeah, yeah, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's no, where that is. Well, so is yeah. I. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's a lot of dog fucking. Is my point? There is. Yeah, there is. Uh, so my friend had a paper route when we were in uh, like high school, and um, he. Where would, is this going? Oh, <laughs> you'll see. Uh, and so, you know, he would be like, oh, if you do the paper out with me, like, I'll split some of the money with you. I was like, sure. I'll cut you in. Yeah, and it was less boring. Um, so we'd walk around the neighborhood, and, you know, he just had, like, a list of addresses to, to deliver this paper, and then we had to go around, you know, the following week and be like, hey, you know, your paper for the week, like, we deliver your paper every day, like, can you pay us now? Uh, and collect, you know, but I couldn't, you know, couldn't remember all the addresses, so we just sort of like nicknaming each of the houses by like a defining feature and some of them it was like the house itself it's like oh you know big roof like this house had a giant roof and we're like okay but some of them it was the people so there's like uh, a couple that lived in this house and their car had a bumper sticker a swedish flag so we just referred to them as swedish um and then this one time we're like you know the house on the corner and i was like oh gay dogs and he was like wait what and i was like yeah you haven't noticed that the two gay dogs are there and they're always like going at it and he's like no I was like, yeah, how have we how have we never talked about this? There's a house in my neighborhood. They had two two dogs, and they were gay dogs, and I, I assume they were very much in love. They were always uh-huh. just going at it in the yard, and I was like, huh, interesting. Um, yeah, that was one of the houses, gay dogs. Gay dogs. Gay dogs. Yeah. Oh, there was also undies. There was a house where no matter who opened the door, uh, husband, wife, kids, they were always in their underwear for some reason. I don't know if they kept the heat on like year round at like 95 degrees, but like it did not matter rain or shine. What time of year just open the door and it's somebody in like boxers and an undershirt. No clothes allowed. You know, I'm like, okay, who do we have to collect, you know, from this week? He's like, Oh, undies didn't pay last week. But okay. Huh? Yeah. Well, that could have been a Saturday night live comedy right there. (laughs) 
It's like Could da- have been. David yeah. Spade and Adam Sandler have to be paper boys because of uh, a crime they did. That's their <laughs> that's their punishment. The judge, played by some Hollywood actor who comes in for five minutes one day, right. Charlton Heston as the judge condemns the sentences them to be paper boys. That's kind of how I felt like John John Goodman was in this movie. Like he was in town that day, and like yeah. they were like, "Hey, uh, can you do us a favor?" Yeah, and famously, like Goodman is a, a Saturday Night Live, you know. Uh, uh, it's not perennial Saturday Night Live like appearance. He, you know, he's friendly with all those guys, the Chicago guys. So right, all those yeah. Second oh, City comedians. City, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. So I think they were like, oh, you know, maybe we can get John to come up for the day, right. or like John's in town. Maybe he'll do. You know, we'll just write him a scene where he's like, hello, I'm the mayor. Goodbye. Yeah, I missed right. his entire scene because I really had to pee, and I was like, well, they're gonna start the opera. It'll probably be like, you know, a minute. I have I have like one minute before. The shenanigans start, so I probably won't miss anything. And I ran into the next room, and I peed, and I came back, and, you know, the shenanigans were starting. I was like, cool, I didn't miss anything. He missed the entirety of John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, all I missed all the Goodman. Well, that's the thing, is they didn't even need John Goodman. They just got him. You know, yeah. like, they, they, they could have gotten anybody. It was such an uneventful role, but yeah. they gave it to him. Yeah, there's, <laughs> no, there's no gag. There. Oh, that's what I was right. like, that was it? And she's like, yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well... Here's the thing. So I get this vibe from this movie that, like, it's a group of guys who were like, you know what would be fun? I got this idea. It's ridiculous. Let's make this movie for fun. It's for us. Right. And we'll put it out into the world and see, you know, people like it, they don't like it, whatever. We'll get our friends together we're going to make this movie. Right. I bet it's very fun to make a movie. I like when things like that happen. Like, what, Murderville or whatever on Netflix? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, I've been meaning to check that out. You should check that oh, out. Oh, you guys would like it a lot. Uh, it's quite good. Um, but it gives me that vibe. But Murderville <laughs> in no way, shape, or form takes itself seriously. And they do a whole lot of, like, they can't they can't keep it together. Oh, they break camera all the time. Or like, they, they, just, they break character all the time. They can't keep it together. They are just cracking themselves up, each other up. <laughs> it's hilarious. And, like... That's fun to watch. Yeah. This, for me, was kind of like an inside joke that I didn't really want to be in on. Right. It And it plays sort of that way. We're like, um, you know, it's like, let's get all our buddies together. Let's make this thing for us. Put right. it out into the world. Yeah, it's the, it's the humor that we all share and, like, the pop cultural references. Like, they're all sitting around going... Who who can we get? Who'd be fun to get for like the hallucinations? Like, oh, Gary Coleman. Yeah, that'd be funny and random. This is nineteen ninety eight, so like we were just just climbing that hill to like, isn't random humor really funny? This is the family guy hill of like right. what if it's just like a crazy random reference? Um and so like yeah, and I think they were all like, Oh, that'd be so funny if we got Gary Coleman and then they could, and so he showed up and you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, this feels like that. I bet this was a, a, a really fun thing to make for them. Like, Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, I totally get that impression. I think they had way more fun making it than I had watching it. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm like, that, that's... good for you guys. Like, yeah. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Norm was like, hey, I read this Roll Doll book. I think we could make it into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know, does anybody have anything else they want to bring up? Um, speaking of other, you know, we, we mentioned most of the cast, uh, but Jack Warden plays Pops, which is, uh, turns out, both of their dads. Right. Um, 
And uh, I was like, Jack Warden, uh, when I went to log the cast on my Letterboxd, Jack Warden came up and I was like, oh, what do I know Jack Warden? What do I, what have I already watched, you know, and logged Jack Warden? He's in the original uh, 12 Angry Men. And I was like, oh, he's, uh, he's uh, like juror number seven or something. And I remember being like, oh yeah, that's a fucking great performance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you guys know before I Google this. I I thought he was the father. Wasn't he Tom Hanks' father and you've got mail? Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't, haven't seen... seen that movie in so long. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I think I saw that once. I love that movie. Yeah? I do. It's such a guilty pleasure. Also based on a Roll Doll story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a thing in this that uh, I thought was kind of funny because it nowadays it would read very differently, but um, when Norm sees Kathy on the street after having met her briefly in the bar but not actually had time to, like, in, get introduced to her really because uh, he had to step into the the street fighting man uh you know bar fight he sees her and he goes like hey mildred and he like runs over and she's like that's not that's not my name my name's kathy and he's like oh i know i didn't know your name you didn't tell me so i just guessed and like i think that's a very funny like thing at the time now that would read very much like pickup artisty yeah yeah i would agree with that yeah um no it dabney coleman is the dad in You've got mail. Oh, really? Apparently, Jack Warden was in While You Were Sleeping, which is another romantic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Maybe. Allison, what's your favorite? This is a movie you like. like what, is, what is your favorite joke from the movie? Oh, or, gosh. Or scene, or, you know. I mean, it, it is probably just Chris Farley with the skunks. Like, <laughs> like... It's a great one. Norm is funny throughout the whole thing because I I do like that, you know, sort of very like... His delivery um, is very dry and very specific. Right. Yeah. So that's something that I'm always into, but like, you know, it's it's more, you know, subtle and consistent, whereas, yeah, Chris Farley is just really nuts. Uh, We also didn't talk about them... um, putting the fish in that guy's neighbor's house that it actually turns out to be a drug mansion oh yeah Yeah. somehow i forgot that even happened yeah well because it's it's weird because in another movie that would be the plot yeah right well and it happens real early on that's the beginning of this whole thing yeah yeah it's like the second prank montage the first one's when they were kids right and then there's one of like them being like, oh yeah, we can totally do this for a business. Yeah, my note only said my note just says stink house becomes murder house. Yeah, <laughs> stink house. Well, and murder. and I mean, there's so many things in that scene because they're like, you know, putting it all over the house and they're laughing to each yeah, other. The, and the bit is that a guy's like, oh, living next to this house, like these guys are nightmares. They're always making so much noise, and like I can't stand it. Can you prank them for me? And they're like, sure, can. So their idea is to put fish rotten rotting yeah. fish an into absurd everything. amount of fish yeah, all a, over the house it's a giant like, box of dead fish and they're gonna hide I like them that everywhere. they got different kinds of fish too yeah, yeah. Sort it's of. important you know a variety yeah <laughs> and so you know they're putting it in plants and like into the vcr and like in drawers <laughs> and all over the house and everything and then they hear the owners of the house come in so they're hiding in the next room both Norm Holding and Artie fish. have, yeah, have fish in both hands, and they're again still kind of like hee hee heeing about it, and you know, and, it, and it's a drug deal. And the one guy goes, you know, does it smell like fish in here? And the other guy's like, what is that? The is that the signal? Are you a cop? And then a 
off screen. Yeah, and it's off screen. We're just looking at their faces, and so it's just a reaction shot that's very long. With yeah, ADR with, the, with yeah gunfire and screaming. Somebody's like, uh, when, I, "When you get to hell, tell the devil I sent you or yeah. something." Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody starts. Somebody starts a chainsaw. Yep. And uh, then the one guy straight up, it's like the Nicolas Cage uh, wicker man where he's like, the bees, the bees are in my eyes. He says, yeah. oh God, he's taking my chainsaw and now he's using it against me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Is that a grenade? And yeah, just, yeah, really, so really absurd. Um, so then when it goes quiet, they wander out of the room and it's also like, uh, like, over-the-top sound effect just squishing. Yeah, of them walking <laughs> of through them the walking gore. Through. Talking about watermelons, basically. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then the, the guy that hired them comes in and goes, oh my god, I didn't know you were going to do this. And they're yeah. like, uh, do you just want to send us a check, or how do you want to <laughs> handle this? And, yeah, I don't know. That's just... That's a good one. Yeah, well, because it also just, like, there's so many part. There's so many moving parts to that scene. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so this is Allison's. This is cinema moment. It's so heightened. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Heightened <laughs> cinema. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I said like my favorite is the the devil hallucination. I just like, you know, Adam Sandler coming in and doing that Adam Sandler thing. He's doing his like cross eyed. Uh, thing that he would do as like the water boy on Saturday Night Live and he's like you know we eat the pig and then together we burn and yeah. I was just like that's that's really goddamn funny yeah to put that in context they're still trying to figure out ways to raise money for Pops's heart transplant and... yeah they're doing odd jobs before they come up with the revenge for hire business yep and so they're testing out a like fat <laughs> yeah. substitute and was this around the time we were doing Alestra yeah probably all right but so with this, it's that, like, there's a whole litany of, like, possible side effects and... It's like itching and this and rashes and that and mild hallucinations. Yeah. And so, you know, when they're driving, uh, Artie had, like, just been inhaling brownies and Norm had a little, like, corner a, off yeah, of one. Yeah, nibble. Yeah. And, you know, Artie's in the car and he's like, oh, I think I feel like an itch back here. And we pan over to Norm, who is, like... Broken, Covered in a rash. Yeah, broken out in hives and sweating and got his teeth gritted... And just looks a mess, and yeah, and it's that he's hallucinating Adam Sandler is the devil, and, and that he's Artie driving. Lang by the is way. Gary Coleman. He's the driver, also. Yeah, he's, he's also, driving yeah. that vehicle. Yep, yep. Um, yep. So, uh, to to give a little bit of a little bit of inside peek at my life, um, you know, I'm working on some D and D stuff, and uh, I like the we eat the pig and together we burn things so much that I googled how to translate it into latin so oh that i can boy. add it to a D campaign yeah you did <laughs> i did and it's porcum comedimus et simul ardimus you could have stopped it porcum <laughs> porcum <laughs> <laughs> so at some point on some campaign my players are gonna be like you know and you approach you know you approach a thing and there's an inscription around the the, the rim of it and it says <laughs> it says porcum comedimus et simul ardimus that's what they should have used in this movie yeah, right yeah uh michael what was your favorite gag so i think my favorite gag out of everything 
that I've mentioned. Uh, my favorite is actually one that I haven't yet. I like the scene where um, Norm is driving. They're driving up to get this job at the movie theater. And um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, um, uh, Norm has uh, already believed that he's going to keep driving past a long line of people <laughs> waiting to get tickets for a movie. And so Artie drops his pants and he moons the whole crowd. Mm-hmm. And Norm, of course, parks the car in front of the movie theater and <laughs> they all get out. And he just says to everybody, like very awkwardly, as he's pulling up his pants, he says, I'm sorry, he was supposed to keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that always has me laughing so much. Like just the 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 idea of like, you know, he just gets like so embarrassed that he's just like, uh, I don't know. It was just that was probably pulling over and stopping while you're mooning people. Well, right. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Yeah, it's just like a classic prank. You know, (laughs) it's just it's so perfect. It just made me laugh out loud. So, (laughs) oh man. And I mean, Tina, you said the, the, your favorite moment was the the bloopies at the end, which another integral part of Allison's like persona is her love of bloopies. Well, yeah, I also watched a lot of Jackie Chan movies when I was a kid, yeah. and they always had a whole reel at the end of him ruining his body. <laughs> yeah, I I I can't help it. I always crack up when somebody can't get through a line like they laugh at themselves yeah. and make each other laugh yeah it kills me yeah it's great it's like oh that joke was fine but hearing how like funny you know they all think it is yeah, right. i'm exactly. just like all right yeah it's good it's a good joke <laughs> yeah it inherently makes whatever it was funnier yeah mm-hmm. right it yeah. also makes it relatable like you know how it feels to not be able to get a line out without laughing like yeah it tickles so, it tickles you yeah yeah, yeah. You know, and like we said, like this was probably, so, you know, this was probably a really fun movie for them to make, especially at the time, you yeah. know. Oh, sure. Yeah, it definitely feels like the humor of like this particular group of people just being like, oh, what's funny to us? Not trying to make a thing that's going to be funny for like a wider audience. The same way like Half-Baked feels very specific mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. its like references and its humor and stuff like there's stuff in there. Yeah, that I think, you know definitely was always going to appeal to a, a big group but like you know shit like like half-baked the abba zabba you're my only friend it's like i literally had never seen an abba zabba bar but that's hilarious you know mm. like i didn't have to be like oh that's a relatable thing for me i just was like oh i get the, i get this this is you know right yeah but having said all that uh do we want to do we want to vote yeah sure let's let our guests go first tina Y'all know how I feel. It was very clear from the beginning. Um, this is know, the format that we've adopted. <laughs> Fine. Um, yeah, Miss 100 Time Podcast. You should know. I know how it works. <laughs> I spat in your chair, Allison. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, we got, we got through the whole thing without a without ding. A and you know what? I have to say that I'm kind of shocked that this might have been our least filthy episode yet. Uh, movie was plenty filthy. We yeah. Just, we didn't need to do it ourselves. We but, were, we're know, being delicate. <laughs> Felix was plenty filthy, too, and we really filthed it up on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's about uh, st- stimuli and a lack of stimuli. Like, there's not enough 
going on in like Felix the Cat to keep, you know, my brain fully engaged. So I just keep being like, what if they meant that to sound as porny as it sounds? Is that some kind of sex thing? Right. And then, yeah. you know, in, in this, I just, you know, my brain just kept being like, oh boy, you could not have Don Rickles in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like um, my my note yeah. says like John Rickles, uh, you know, movie theater manager, and I wrote vaguely racist, and then immediately crossed out vaguely. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not vaguely. Yeah, not yeah no. All. And it's like, and it's Don Rickles, and I get it, and like, you know, that's Don Rickles. Sure, I'm not, I'm not, you know, blaming the man, but it's like, yeah, that is of horrible taste. That's you know. I think it's yeah. also we're subconsciously acknowledging that we are not going to out filth dirty work. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It no. is not possible. No. Well, and it's so open about its filth. Like, it just is. That's the whole point. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not trying to say anything. It's not pretending to try to say anything. It's no. just, you know, come hang out with these crumb bums and watch them have a good time. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, you know, it's unabashed, and I'll give it that. It's just like, this is what we are. This is who we are. This is what we're putting out there. And, right. okay. I don't know if it maybe felt that way at the time, but it feels that way now. Um, it does make me wonder what I'll look back on from now and go, ooh, yeah, redoing that then? Right. Um, it's interesting to think about how things will change. But um, this movie's not, not for me. Uh, Fair. Just isn't. Doesn't do it for me. <laughs> um, I will not watch it again. <laughs> probably <laughs> Tina watch dirty work one more time in your life challenge <laughs> challenge failed <laughs> your turn um okay I'm gonna say it's a great rewatch but for a tradition I'm gonna say it's a great watch because like I grew up with it um like I I seeing it again after so much time um is like the the in between jokes still land, but like there are some things where I'm like, ooh, that should have been done differently, like and could would be done differently today. Um, but overall, I would say it's it's a great watch for me. Cool. Yeah, I have the same read. Um, like I said, uh, I first encountered this during a time where this sort of comedy was uh, common and popular, and where I had other, you know, again, I'm gonna say yeah shitty comedies that i was a fan of and so this fits right in there i'm also a big norm mcdonald fan also just yeah a lot of people in this are you know all like you know re real big comedians at the time um so yeah for me it is good your mileage may vary but for me it's a great watch yeah uh i'm gonna echo most of all of those <laughs> sentiments and yeah it's it's there's so much where i was watching this and i was like ooh, gross no yeah. But a lot of the like other humor that's not trying to like shock jock you um is still funny and I think almost all the deliveries and performances are like funny. Mm -hmm. Um uh I think even Don Rickles, you know, is funny except for a few of the things he says, you know, like and it's a huge grain of salt that I'm asking the, you know, viewers to to take this with, but I, I would give it a uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it this time um, watching it and like maybe that is because now I'm looking back on it being like you know not going to get another Norm Macdonald starring film and you know uh, not another Bob Saget raunchy comedy like 
won't won't get right. to see how those uh, you know those guys would evolve you know this sort of thing. So maybe I'm a little you know viewing it from a sentimental lens, but like I I had a good time. It's not uh, like like Michael you said earlier. It's not the strongest recommendation I could ever give anybody, <laughs> but. It's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fun enough time. Um, it, but like, yeah, if anybody listening to this is going to put this movie on or rent it on Amazon or whatever, and you get to a joke where you're like, oh, that's awful. Mm. You know what? Just turn it off. <laughs> just put, find something else. Cause it might, it's just, it's fair. It's not it going to get might, better for yeah, you. It just yeah. might not be right. for you. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just wait till it's streaming and don't spend the three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is fair. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not streaming for a reason. <laughs> also fair. Did you ever get around to reading Norm Macdonald's? Uh, I have not read it autobiography? yet. Autobiography. No. Okay. You have. Did either of you? No. no. Okay. So, if Dirty Work's not for you, but you still want to get into Norm Macdonald, I feel like that's a bit more palatable. It gets very absurd, um, in a way that I think is more. Uh, appropriate for a lot of people <laughs> and i'm just gonna leave it at that uh i mean yeah norm yeah. mcdonald was one of the funniest comedian like just one of the funniest minds uh you know his joke he i, I had a, I read a thing once years ago where he said his idea of a perfect joke is where the setup and the punchline were the same thing and that's kind of what i think he was always working towards like you know, just saying like one thing that is both setup and punchline, and it's just like dynamite. Um, and you know, the, the 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 clip that went around a lot after he passed was uh, him on Conan um, being a smartass, and then they bring out you know the next guest, and it's uh, I forget uh, who it is, Kathy Ireland or somebody or Erica oh. Laniac or something who she co-starred in. Um, uh, chairman of the board, the carrot top comedy, speaking of 90s right. bad comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Norm is kind of like chatting with her as much as with like, as she is with Conan and they're kind of like riffing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's making jokes and, and, you know, Conan goes, Oh, and what's the movie called? She goes, Oh, chairman of the board. And Conan looks at Norm and goes, yeah, do something with that smart guy. And she starts to be like, yeah, and it's fun. And he goes, uh, board is spelled B O R E D. <laughs> and then everybody like just dies laughing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he was so sharp and had such this perfect delivery. Um, and there's a lot of that in this. So, I mean, for that alone, I would give it a, a, a great watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He also almost won the million when he was on celebrity who wants to be a millionaire. Oh yeah. You Ooh. told me that. Yeah. He got to the, like, million dollar question and he has he's had he had a history of uh, gambling addiction and you know decided not to go for it and to bank the half million mm. and they're like oh what would you have said which i think is fucking cruel <laughs> yeah. yeah right but you know and and yeah if he had gone for it he would have got it right but mm-hmm. you know but again i mean like the the thing is fun. the self-awareness and you know, and his intelligence is just, you know, incredible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Lance Bass was on that run as well, and he fucking tanked it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to bury Lance Bass. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
I would have been very impressed if he had done better, because <laughs> you wouldn't expect that from a boy band guy. What but a no. horrible thing to say! Like, <laughs> so oh, I would have been impressed if he had done better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're expecting out of Lance Bass. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, famously cut from the Phantom Menace or whatever. One. Of Wait, those. really? What? Yeah, what, I didn't hear what, about that. <laughs> I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, they were all in a scene. Wait, all of the the singing boys the singing boys <laughs> wait real quick wait 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 no one say anything allison do you know what lance bass's group was called was it in sync well it's either in sync or the backstreet boys i think it was in sync but sure? i wouldn't i wouldn't bet the million on it no are you sure he wasn't a spice girl <laughs> i'm i'm sure he wasn't a spice girl he was in in sync Okay. Are you sure? Are you sure? I was gonna look up other ones. Uh, Ninety-eight degrees. That's what I was like. Are you sure he wasn't a ninety-eighth degree? Ninety-eight degrees is very funny because I remember them being around. No, they weren't. They weren't funny at all. But I didn't really listen to them very much. Not one single comedy song. And then they popped up on uh, some Christmas radio thing at work. Yeah. uh, That was like all like yeah '90s stuff, and they were just the filthy boy band, weren't they? All those I had songs, no idea. All those songs then were like, not not every single one, but a lot of very entendre heavy because they're all written by like old songwriters. Yeah. Filthy old songwriters. But I feel like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys had more um, plausible deniability than 98 Degrees did. They sure. had some just absolutely, you know, raunchy anyway, <laughs> words. Anyway, um, so the whole, as, as far as I remember, I think it was NSYNC, if I remember correctly, but they, they were in one of the prequels in like one scene, one shot. They didn't, I don't think they had lines. They were just like all in a shot um, because they were all big fans and you know, whatever. And they're celebrities. So if you're a big enough celebrity and, and you talk to George Lucas and you're like, Oh, we're big fans. Can we be in your movie? And somebody tells him that's a good idea. He'll do it. Um, but fan backlash, mm. uh, toxic internet fan backlash was so severe that they cut their scene out. It's just like eat shit. Yeah, well, let them let them show up. It's not like that. It's not like oh, that now that movies now those movies are good. Those mm-hmm. movies are perfect now because In Sync didn't show up in them. You mm. know how Star Wars fanboys are. Yeah, yep. I know, uh, but at the time we didn't. This was the first inkling of like, oh, this is this is bad. Oh, it's really getting not good now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really much worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, this is bad actually. I grew up being like Star Wars is good, and everyone I've ever met that liked Star Wars was also cool and nice and good. And it turns out bad people online can like Star Wars and can claim it as their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And make it their whole personality and mm. try to keep other people from enjoying it. And that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the gatekeeping is next level because oh, yeah. it's also like no girls in Star Wars unless they're naked yeah. and like mm-hmm. whatever else. Yeah. Like, it's wild. Also, gatekeeping in Star Wars, and I've never seen one single gate. I've watched like 11 or 12 of those movies, never seen one single gate in that entire franchise. Maybe they should just be Stargate fans. They should be Stargate. I thought the Phantom Menace had like a whole... Gate? Yeah, planet gate. gate. A planet gate? Yeah, there was like a force field or something like that. That's a force field. They could only go through the one part of it, which would, I would argue, be a gate. It's a force field. (laughs) Which is a very advanced type of gate. Could, Could be seen as a gate, not a gate. No, but they had like a... One specific ring in the force field that the ships could go through. Well, I suppose the gate is just the opening, right? Yeah. Wouldn't the rest yeah. of it be a fence? Yeah. It's an airlock. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen one ornate wrought iron anything. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Not in the typical sense of a gate. Yeah, yeah, if you want to get all liberal. 
left leaning <laughs> with your with your gate definitions. <laughs> See what I'm doing here is I'm gatekeeping the definition of gate. Yeah, could you ding him <laughs> gently? Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Um, I learned. Thank you. Doesn't uh, it feel good to ding. <laughs> I'm surprised she doesn't use it like in our daily lives. <laughs> I mean, you should. I would. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter, more coffee. Well, that's not what the ding is for. Oh, the ding is for Hunter being Hunter. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. The ding is the ding a is for shut up, Hunter. Yeah, the ding is a nonviolent substitute for when Tina would just hit me with her like her bag or kick me in the shin. Mm. <laughs> so this was a gift more for you than for her, huh? It benefits us all. He didn't know it at the time, or maybe he did. But I was the one who chose to bring it to the podcast. Maybe Hunter saw into the future and knew. I also can't like Elaine push you either. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but back in the day, a couple of a couple of real serious Elaine pushes behind the counter. I've really assaulted Hunter many a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though they were all deserved. Legal team. Mm-hmm. Legal team. <laughs> well, thank you guys for uh, for re rewatching or in Tina's case, enduring this uh, this film from again the year of our Lord, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. And boy, it's very 1998. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a time capsule of a film. It, it should have stayed buried, maybe. <laughs> Certain elements of it should be put back in the ground. Yeah. 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 I mean, they can dig it up like like a millennia from now when it might like be cursed like a mummy. Arnold Vosloo in Dirty Work. Oh, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, uh, thanks for doing this with us, and thanks for taking the time out on your Sunday to record with us. Uh, we will let you go now so that you can go enjoy your pretzels. There's so many pretzels, Hunter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I might die. <laughs> Rub this it in, why don't you? My final, my final podcast. <laughs> no, you can't go out on this. You gotta, you gotta go I out can't on go a out on dirty work. Yeah, gotta mm-hmm. go out on a great watch for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do my best. Uh, you should wrap it up though. Porcum comedimus oh. et simul ardimus. No, 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 no. The, if you want to reach us. Oh, yeah, I was going to do that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are we summoning? <laughs> I don't know. I've said it three times, so by Beetlejuice rules, whatever's coming is on its way. Porcum, porcum, porcum. Oh, no. Well, if you want to reach us, uh, you can... Email us at uh, write hate watch great watch. That's w r i t e h w g w at gmail dot com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at h w g w podcast on both those platforms. You can get us every other Wednesday. That's every other Wednesday, Wednesday on the Movie John Podcast Network. Uh, and please support the Movie John Patreon. Patreon dot com slash movie j a w n John. A lot of good stuff there. What's up? You're looking at me. Uh, Beelzebabe. Beelzebabe. Yeah. Like the pig? Oh, yeah. like the pig. That's Beelzebacon? That won't That do might be better. Pig. That yeah. won't do. Yeah. <laughs> that won't do. <laughs> it's a pig, but it has Adam Sandler's face. No! <laughs> and, like, when it's around, like, it just haunts you, and all you can watch are not good Adam Sandler movies. We're going to watch Blended again. Oh, boy. <laughs> what is it? Control? The movie with the, the remote? What oh, Click. Like? Click. Um, click. Jesus. Ooh, ooh, I'll tell you this, because you know him. 
uh, we went and saw this movie in theaters because uh, I don't drive, and so I was kind of at the whim of whoever wanted to drive to theaters to see stuff. And uh, you know, I do wept at the film Click. No way. What triggered such emotion? The touching familial climax where, uh, <laughs> like, it's a wonderful life. Where he learns to value his family and friends. Mm. Mm. Both Click and Dirty Work had a familial climax. <laughs> well, on that note, G7! Somebody please ding her! No, I have the bell! I got it. <laughs> Damn it. Thank you. <laughs> Alright, thanks guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That wasn't, I mean, that was somebody who would later go on to be a porn director. That wasn't a porn director doing a straight film. No, but it was in her heart. This has been a Movie John podcast. <laughs>